Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast. It's episode 39. I'm Mo and I'm here with Elle. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am good. Cheers. We're a twosome today. That's a bit weird. It, yeah, it feels a bit strange, it's doesn't it? a big void to my right-hand side at the moment because Luke Morton has taken a well-deserved holiday today. Uh, he'll be back next week. And it's not Halloween anymore. That's sad. Yeah, but according to ministry, every day is Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, the ministry of what? I like, <laughs> ministry. I lost metal Although, points. if there was a ministry of Halloween, I would... That would be amazing. Yeah, I would work there. Only really relevant for one month a year, but that would be pretty sick. Uh, just because spooky season's over, though, that doesn't mean you shouldn't pick up the awesomely scary and horror-filled latest issue of Metal Hammer. It is a Rob Zombie guest edit. It's one of my favourite issues we've done this whole year. It's on sale right now. Halloween can, can go forever, as far as we're concerned. Uh, we also launched some very cool Rob Zombie bundles this week, as well as an exclusive, excuse me, uh, exclusive cover you can only get on that bundle. You can also get a very badass art print commissioned by the man Rob Zombie himself. Um, and it's only a tenner as well, so what a barg. Get on to metalhammer.com to find out all about that. Did you just call it a barg? A barg. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded cooler in my head than it actually is. <laughs> Oh, I do want wow. one though. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is going on? Oh god, the Slayer Horns. Hashtag Slayer Horns. We want you to be on the cover of Metal Hammer in December. We are launching an absolutely massive, very, very cool Slayer tribute issue. And we want the fans of Slayer to be on it. So if you want to be on the cover of actual Metal Hammer magazine, send us your photos. That's all we need you to do. Throwing the horns, shouting Slayer, looking metal, looking cool. Looking pretty, looking ugly, looking badass, we don't mind. Just send your photos in to metalhammer at futurenet.com or tweet us or Instagram them to us uh, using the hashtag Slayerhorns. You, yes, you right there, can be on the cover of uh, Metal Hammer in December, so send us your photos. You haven't sent me yours yet, Al. What's going on? I'm just waiting for the right time. <laughs> <laughs> the right time is now. Ah. Uh, yeah, you've got about a week to get those in, so if you want to be a part of Metal Hammer history, you know what to do. I just told you, metalhammer at futurenet. Com. There have been some great ones as well. We've had a fetus. Yeah, I know. Ones. Literally uh, an, an unborn baby fetus. in an ultras ultrasound, 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 ultrasound scan, ultrasound scan thing. Um, uh, throwing the horns literally in the room. How cool is that? Uh, loads of metal babies, loads of metal grands, some pets. metal pets. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much to everyone for the response so far. But we want more, so keep sending them in. What have you been up to? <laughs> Apart from wearing a really cool spooky jumper. Yeah, my uh, ghost jumper. It's amazing. It's basically, it's not like a Christmas jumper, but Halloween, it's literally just a big spooky ghost jumper I've got on. Yeah, really it's cool. my favourite thing ever. Badass. Well, I went to see Turnstile on Friday. Ah, yes. Yeah. How was that? Where well, was it? They played at the House of Vans. Right, okay. Which, for people who don't know, that is underneath Waterloo Station in London, under the old railway arches. So it's all brick all subterranean, all quite spooky, actually. It looks, yeah, it's a cool-looking venue, isn't it? It's a cool-looking venue, and it should have been perfect for a band like Turnstile, because I've got that whole skatey 90s thing going on, so it actually really suits them. Mm. But there were so many people there. It's not that big of a place. Well, it is. Basically, the, the actual place is big. There's kind of interconnected tunnels. They've got skate ramps. It's a really great space. But the actual venue itself, the room where they have the band, is not huge. And there were so many people and it was just a bit of a nightmare. There were people that, on the sides who couldn't, you know, couldn't really get in the actual room, who were kind of hanging out in the side rooms. There were people trying to push through the crowd. I imagine if you're at the front, it was amazing because it was kind of like seeing them in a small venue then because it's quite narrow and 
cool but I was towards the back and it was just yeah it was not a great place to watch from that's interesting because yeah. Metallica played there like <laughs> unbelievably about I don't know two years ago or something it's one of their underplays they did yeah and I don't remember I mean this is Metallica we're talking about and I, yeah. I don't remember anybody saying that it was too busy there so they really must have yeah and I saw Bring like, Me The Horizon there and that was okay as well oh, wow, but it yeah. was just I don't know what it I was, was. Like it as well. there were literally people everywhere and some people you could tell had kind of decided to sort of like sack off the band and sort of go in a side room but mostly people were very hyped for it because you know turns out at the moment are quite a hyped band yeah and their and live shows generally tend to be pretty nuts yeah they did a, they played well they did a good live show like the singer had his top off going a bit crazy like it was a good show but it was one of these weird things where you felt like it would have been better in a smaller venue or just a venue where you could fit everyone in but I don't there were so many people there that you think they've got to play like somewhere pretty big next time they come around yeah, but then right. I don't know how that music and that performance is going to translate to a bigger stage so it was, it was a really weird one it was like yeah you know objectively they were pretty good but it was just kind of a bit it wasn't quite the right place or not mm. quite the right crowd or it's interesting what you say about the bigger stage because I saw them at uh, Rockville in Florida earlier this year and they were playing on a outdoor festival stage and it felt like there was a little bit I mean they were great but I felt like it was a little bit of a disconnect yeah it was an interesting crowd actually as well it wasn't like a full on metal crowd obviously it was some people who were metalers who liked them because they liked the sort of 90s thing and there were a bunch of people in their teens and 20s who are just well into the 90s aesthetic and had on their kappa yeah, and feeler it's very and, in at the moment isn't it yeah uh, if you well, actually grew up in the 90s you feel old as hell right now yeah. walking around watching teenagers basically, in baggy like tie-dye t-shirts and oh, basically God, everything in urban outfitters yeah. that people in the 90s wore as their school PE kits if they're trying not to wear the official school one we talked about the fact that you can get oh, what store was it in that has the limp biscuit Oh, is that Evan Outfitters? It might have been Evan Outfitters. There's one of those high... high. I mean, we kind of used to seeing like Metallica t-shirts and Slayer t-shirts in fashion shops now, but now Limp Biscuit has officially become retro yeah. vintage. Yeah, it's like, oh, it, was, it said like vintage no. band t-shirts. So. Yeah. But you know, there are people who are around now who are teenagers who weren't born when they came out, so that's the thing. But yeah, it was, it was that kind of odd mixture as well. And Friday nights, so a lot of people were just out to get wasted and have a good time, and which is cool. But yeah, it was just a, it was quite a funny one, a bit of a funny atmosphere, kind of a different mixture of crowds and a venue with slightly too many people and a lot of hype and yeah, I didn't not enjoy it, but I didn't love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I sort of went, oh yeah, they they played quite well. That was quite a cool. Were you, thing were you to into see. the album Time and Space? Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, it's a wicked album. Yeah, but yeah, interesting. We'll Every song happens. is full of hooks, you know. It's just, they've all, all got that sort of catchy thing in that makes you latch onto them. And things like Generator Down are really good. Yeah, sure. We've been, we've been uh, busy, believe it or not, uh, we've been working on our albums of the year list at Hammer, and uh, that, that Turnstile album is, is right up there in the mix as well. That'll be all revealed in a few months' time, of course. Um, big news this week Bloodstock has made uh, another announcement, the more additions. Code Orange are playing Bloodstock. Yeah. Wow. I know. That is huge, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? Weird. But <laughs> weird, but good. Like, again, if we're talking about kind of mix, mixing crowds and untraditional crowds, yeah. I wouldn't say that a Code Orange crowd is a Bloodstock crowd, but there is overlap. It's not, you know, it's just one of those things where they supported Gajira and went down really well. Yeah. And they've been out with tons of heavy bands and they referenced tons of heavy bands. They supported out the gates as well, I saw them. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, it's not like there's not previous 
form there. But I think if you think of Bloodstock and you think of all the people that go there, you wouldn't necessarily pick Code Oranges in their sort of top 10 bands. Mm. But um, I think it's going to go down really well. I can't see it being anything other than absolute carnage. It's going to be great. I mean, the the closest thing to something like this I can remember for Bloodstock is when Hatebreed got announced and everyone was like, Hatebreed, and they just absolutely wiped the floor with everyone that day. It's going to be awesome. They're going to be coming out with uh, fangs out. Is that a phrase? Claws out. Fangs out. Claws yeah. out. It's, it's still Halloween in our minds. Fangs out is fine. Fangs out. They're going to have their fangs out and their claws out and they're going to be looking for blood. Definitely. The be- the very best kind of bands are the ones that um, know ha- what to do when you back them into a bit of a corner. And Code Orange will know that they're playing a proper metal festival and I'm yeah. sure they'll be ready to just... I really want to know who they're between, you know, who's on before and after. Because that yeah, all sets yeah, the tone yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's going to be quite weird to see if whoever, you know, if they've got like if they've got before and after them really if it's going to be proper proper metal stuff or if it's going to be sort of a bit party well I mean you only need to look at the other bands announced in this announcement for Bloodstock to see the kind of company they're going to be because they've got Skeleton Witch who put out one of my favourite albums this year uh, Elevate Folk Metal Heavyweights Rotting Christ as well like proper extreme metal royalty um, it's going to be a great it's going to be a great year I can't wait and Scorpions are playing so yeah, what I more mean, do you want Code Orange and Scorpions it's going to be ridiculous uh, August 2019 that will be of course tickets on sale now and speaking of cool things happening one of my favourite bands in the universe are back who's that Mel? it's While She Sleeps yay <laughs> what do you think of Antisocial? I love it it's great the first time I heard it I just listened to it kind of casually and was like really drawn in because it's just got a lot of bounce and a lot of energy and a lot yeah. of aggression I was like oh I just love songs like this they just come out and just sound great and it, is, it sounds very much like a single but then you actually listen to the lyrics and it has something to say as well and it's basically saying we're sick of all this shit in 2018 and the way things are. Um, have you seen the video? I have, I have. I just caught it today because uh, funnily enough I, I spoke to Matt about it because um, I, I think the song is, it's weird because when you heard it you were like yeah this is massive, it's a single. When yeah, I first I heard it I thought it was um, like not all over the place but there was just so much going on. Like the, it, it feels like the song evolves and switches like every kind of 30 seconds. It just goes down a completely different route. And I love it. Like there's not really a recognisable chorus on it, I would say. It's that massive breakdown bit. Oh, I love that bit. Yeah, the big kind of whoa, like with the blast <laughs> beats just going ham near the end. Um, but I think it's great. And yeah, and when I said that to Matt, he was like, you just wait till you see the video. Yeah. And the video's nuts. It's really good. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the antithesis of the London 2012 Olympic opening ceremony. Ooh, <laughs> nice. I like, I like what you're saying there. So basically, if you didn't see that, I mean, I feel like that opening ceremony got everyone on board with the Olympics. He wasn't, definitely it did for me. Danny Boyle's thing, wasn't it? Danny Boyle's thing. Yeah. So he basically is very filmic and Danny Boyle obviously known for his films and social realism. And they had loads of performers coming out and like, be in the NHS and showing how good it was and basically every single public service and things that make Britain good yeah yeah in a non-horrible patriotic way and then the you Olympics know, ruined it by having Boris Johnson dances to the Spice Girls <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that and um, so the ceremony was kind of celebrating all these things that are good about um, the society we live in and while she sleeps video they've got them playing in the background and then they have a series of vignettes shall we call them oh nice where where they're going through kind of all these different bits of society and showing how fucked everything is so you've got Loz at the table sort of pretending to be in this family and there's a pig eating all the food on the table before the kids can get to it they've got them all in hospital beds and the NHS staff like the nurses and 
running around trying to you know help everybody in the beds and they just can't reach everybody they've got a couple of people sitting on a sofa inside the living room and somebody's shot outside their house like it's kind of like you know these things should all be good happy settled things and they're not they're unsettled at the moment and it kind of does the social commentary thing without i was going to say without ramming it down the throat it's very blatant and very overt but it's not preachy it's just kind of that feeling of this is quite shit at the moment really yeah I think it's um, aggressive there's always this thing about oh bands don't have anything to say while she sleeps or a band with something to say I've, I, I find I've rarely uh, empathised with and connected with um, kind of lyrics in the modern age like I do with what while she sleeps have to say um, I, I, yeah, I think it's a great song the video's nuts um, it looks like it was filmed I would imagine in their complex again because it's got it looks like it's in a similar kind of it's big massive, o- open yeah, space yeah it is a big open space I don't um, know whether which it is so cool happened. they just seem to do everything themselves Matt and his brother edited the video that's cool um, and, and shot it and produced it and everything else uh, it's, yeah it's just great a brilliant band you can tell there's a lot of love that went into that video you know that they've really really thought about every single thing that goes into it and I agree with you on the lyrics front you know they are a UK band and they're northern which makes me happy um, and the stuff they're saying is stuff that you can relate to they're normal people making music yeah and it's not it's not posturing it like you say it comes from a real place like I think I think what I love about While She Sleeps is like you know they're not just saying they're not just sitting there particularly rallying against one government or one set of politics or whatever it's about the kind of a lot of their stuff is about the kind of loss of identity and the loss of togetherness that I think a lot of people yeah. feel in Britain yeah. at the moment yeah. um, whatever end of the political spectrum really you want to point. be honest and I, and I just it really is something that really touches me I think that I think it's they they vocalise it in a way that not other bands are able to do if you can hear a load of smashing and bashing in the background by the way I do apologise there's some kind of construction chaos going outside the back of the Hammer office today. I don't know what's going on. I think something might be being de- demolished or something. Yeah, the world's not ending. There's just a building Help. getting smashed up. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Um, yeah, so the album is So What? That's coming out March 1st. Re- interesting kind of evocative title there. So What? Question mark. Is the yeah, it's title. provocative, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, the tour is also coming up in early 2019. And they're... Well, she's a headline in the Roundhouse. It's going to be so it's so cool. cool. That's like yeah. what, like... What is that? 3,000 capacity? 4,000 capacity? No, it's not that much. I've got a terrible memory, but it's... It's something it's like... Really anyway, it's, it's, it's a big London like venue that I've seen people like Dead Mouse play. It's a big old um, big old building, and, people, and it's so cool to see them being able to jump up to a venue like that. It's a great setting as well. It used to be... Yeah, it's a beautiful venue. What, what did it used to be? Like a... It's a theatre. No, but it was... In the past... It was something else. It was like a railway. Yeah, oh, a railway yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. So it's really like... I forgot about that. Cool. But yeah, they're, they're, um, that's the final date of the tour, but they do come right through the UK and Europe as well, so you can check out their, their tour dates. Um, from a latest tour to a final tour, well, what else is going on? Well, KISS have revealed their final world tour and they're coming to the UK next well, July. See, I would boot this normally. It's like, no, KISS are breaking up. <laughs> One of the greatest rock and roll bands ever, but... To be blatant about it, I kind of feel like anyone that's seen Kiss in the last couple of years probably knew this was coming, and I kind of feel like it's a good time for them to blow up. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said before, like, I'm not too fussed. You can't mess with Kiss's back catalogue. They've got some actual bangers. No, you can't. <laughs> but I, so you know, I, I saw them at Download like a decade ago or something and just wasn't really massively on board with it. I felt like then that whatever glory they had live had probably faded and I just wasn't... And that's 10 years ago you were I wasn't, talking about. Yeah, I wasn't fussed on it wow. at all. Wow, so that that's it, interesting, because really, I thought they were great at that. No, it really yeah. put me off. 
Really? Yeah. I've, I love them at Download That Year. Yeah. I saw them then, because they, they didn't come over here for years, did they? And then they did, uh, they did Download, and then they did, they did like some playdown shows and some um, big arena shows as well. That year as well was one. that decent that year. That year was when Download was set up very differently, and it was kind of like, it was a very wide viewing area, Yeah, it was, it was in between how it was originally set up and what it's become now. It's sort when of it had like... The, it, the second stage was in the car park, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's sort of like when a piece of paper is landscape instead of portrait it was sort of like a long yeah, rectangle yeah, 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 yeah. and so maybe it was just that you know i was at a bit of the rectangle that didn't feel very close it wasn't by, a vintage yeah now you feel like you're very you're very close to headliners even if you're far away it's, yeah. there's something about the way it's set up which actually feels no i know what you mean it wasn't a vintage year um the offspring headline i think lost profits headlined it was like not a kind of like classic all-time encompassing lineup um by any means um, but uh, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I'm not. That said, uh, I like the iconography of Kiss. I like the songs. I think you know you can't mess with any of that. But I'm just not too fussed, to be honest. Sorry well, to be a downer. That's all right. Well, as a Kiss fan, then, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've seen them be brilliant. I've seen them be all right, and I've seen them twice in in recent years. And I didn't think they were particularly spectacular. I mean, if I'm being honest. Paul's vocals just don't cut it anymore. Mm. And he and he, to be fair to him, he's come out and said. Uh, he's actually said straight up, look, if you want to hear, listen to me and hear me like I was in the 80s, you can go listen to me in the 80s. Like, I'm not stopping you. And I think that's a fair point. Like, the dude's, I think, 60-something. Yeah. He looks in unbelievable shape. I, I did actually interview him last year at, um, at uh, Chicago Open Air, and he looks ridiculous. <laughs> he just looks like, he looks like a superhero. No, I know. But vocally, he not every quite. single type of medical treatment and advisor and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, absolute legend in the game. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a star child guy forever. I love Paul Stanley. Um, but, you know, hope, you know, it's, it's their last tour. We know it's their last tour. It will still be one of the biggest shows in rock and roll. So I'm sure yeah, it'll be a jolly good time. Yeah, you'll still have loads of fun if you go. I don't want to be the fun... What's it called? No, you've ruined it now. Oh. K- yeah, just in case it cancelled because no. they're listening to this live no, conversation. It'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be a fun thing. I, I think it's Kiss. You just got to go get bladdered if that's what you like to do and uh, watch one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever. And if you don't like Paul's voice, sing louder than him. You're going to do your face. Maybe for the last ever one, I will. Maybe. I haven't done it before, but maybe, maybe I'll do a it's Kiss time. makeup. I'll be the Pharaoh. No, I won't. Yeah, that was a rubbish one. Uh, on the uh, on the website this week metalhammer.com by the way fans um, Hammer writer Stephen Hill wrote a piece Defending Lulu by Metallica one of the most controversial albums I don't even know if controversial is the right word for it one of the most panned albums yeah. ever released by a significant metal band turned seven this week yeah. the, uh, the celebratory important age of seven <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah so Steve wrote a piece kind of defending it and um you know, trying to, I guess, give it a bit of a reappraisal and a reassessment about what Lulu is. And he basically talks about how the reason it suffered so much is because people treat it like a Metallica album. And they shouldn't treat it like a Metallica album because it's not a Metallica album, it's Metallica and Lou Reed. And he goes on to say that when Master of Puppets came out, it was a detonation in the metal scene. It scared people, it made people lose their minds, they didn't know what the hell they were listening to. Um, you can't, similar to what we were just saying about Kiss, you can't expect. Um, Metallica to do another Master of Puppets now so they did something totally different and they did something that had the world talking and made the metal industry claw its hair out in horror so it's an interesting read you should definitely pop onto the website and, and check it out um, what do you think? what was your first reaction when you heard Lulu for the first time? I kind of went I can't be bothered <laughs> really? yeah <laughs> I kind of went like 
this is the kind of avant-garde style that I feel is very brainily abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> what a phrase. Yeah. Sounds like a bad name. Yeah, I felt like it was just... You know, and I, I've not been fascinated. Though. I actually agree with Steve's piece. Um, he basically says, have you looked at the plays it's based on? Have you actually done the research? Yeah, that's and true. I, yeah, it's, I, it's a high-concept album as well. I haven't, really you know. I kind of went... Here's Lulu, I'll listen to it. It kind of sounds cool for what it is. You can tell they're all really into it. And it sounds quite jammy, almost like they're all in a room just like going, yeah, fuck, this is awesome. Yeah. And it's a legendary artist together. But I kind of went, well, you know what? This isn't really for me. I'm just kind of going to move on from it. I didn't particularly, you know, I wasn't one of those people that was going around saying this is the worst thing ever it literally makes me want to die or anything I was just kind of like you know what this isn't really for me mm. and like I said I agree with Steve's piece I've never read the plays I've never studied the lyrics it's and the plays together the and plays kind of worked Lulu, out Lulu plays by German playwright Frank Wiederkind and I definitely didn't just read that straight off <laughs> <the video. laughs> you know I've never done that I've never sat down and done a deep dive into it and gone you know what I'm going to unpick this and find out where they're coming from emotionally I kind of just listened to it and went it's not really for me I'm just going to move on so now I've read that piece by Steve, maybe I will go back and actually read the plays and actually, you know, maybe I'll get something out of it. Mm. I mean, I, I did I did go, well, I tried to go back to it. Um, it's not on Spotify <laughs> and, I, and I don't own it. Maybe I might have a CD of it somewhere actually, but I don't, That's I don't own it. That's what happens when we rely on streaming too much and the apocalypse comes, we have no music. I know, you know what? I, was, I thought about that the other day. Yeah. We I won't do this now, but <laughs> that's, that's when we're at a late night, like, yeah, man, like, but seriously. When um, the zombies yeah. come and I know, we've got no it, music. It did make me think, wow, sometimes you just can't, I have no way of listening to this album. So I listen to it on YouTube, like the kids do these days, um, and I still think it's shit. <laughs> it just, like I said, it's brainly abrasive to me. I'm just sticking with that phrase because it doesn't, even though it's not made up word, it does actually encapsulate how I feel. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it's a weird one because. I think most people can at least agree with Lulu that if you dissect it and you take out its various parts, there's some good stuff on there. Like, it's got some really good riffs. Even The View, which is the much derided uh, single that um, has James Hepburn screaming, is a table. Like, there's some great riffs on that, some really, like, slow, doomy ones that you wouldn't probably normally find on a Metallica album in of itself. Yeah, I get that. I take, um, and I know exactly which ones you're thinking of as well when you say that. Yeah, and so there's, it's a a weird one. It's it's not a good album. It's it's bad. Uh, I'm not a big Lou Reed fan. Um, Someone on the podcast did actually, uh, on the reader's page, sorry, did actually say, what do Lou Reed fans think of? Yeah. Lulu, which is quite interesting because that's not really a perspective I've heard. My parents are Lou Reed fans, so I've never played it to them, so maybe I yeah, should, should go and play it to them and go, what, what do you say. think of this? Because you never know, they, they, might, they might be like, oh, I'll be good without all the metal on it. Like, you just don't know. But They said they went and watched him and he was really wasted and they had chicken in a basket because that's what he did in the North and, <laughs> and <laughs> well, I don't know, when, when they were watching him or whatever. That's quality. Shout, yeah. shout out the Goodmans. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just a weird one. I think that there's loads of good riffs on it. Hetfield vocally sounds pretty good on it. It's just you can't. I don't. I don't know who's listening to this and listening to Lou Reed ramble on and just sound like it's kind of that rubbish. Um, what do you call those drums that you hear like that? Bongo drums. Bongo. Yeah, like the dude in a beret tapping a bongo drum outside a park somewhere yeah, doing like slam poetry. It's yeah. just. It's just not. His voice it doesn't get matter. to me in a bad way. But again, I wonder, you know, if you can acclimatise to that, if you, if you really commit to it. Because you can kind of get things out of most things if you actually really try. Mm. And, I, and the thing is, uh, with Metallica, they do my head in because 
I want to support I support. I do support everything they do because they they're still even now a band that will just go screw it. We're going to do this. We're not going yeah, to do what you expect of us. We're going to do what we want to do, and we're going to do something that's almost certainly going to piss off a lot of critics yeah. and cynics. But we're going to do it anyway. And I really value the fact that they just went. You know what? We're going to hang out with Lou Reed, who's our personal hero, and just make something utterly ludicrous. I spoke to Lars, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something about like, Lou. Yeah. Oh, cool. It was something like. I can't, I was going to do this voice then, but I'll do it so badly. Yeah, the thing you've got to understand, Eleanor, is... Uh... It's like something like, you know what, Eleanor, if your heroes came up to you and said, do you want to make a record, like, you would do it, basically. Yes. And, you know, you Absolutely. would. Absolutely. You really, really would. Um, and, I don't know, they, they, they've played some songs of a few times. I remember they got Lou up with them uh, on stage at the uh, their 30th anniversary shows in San Francisco in 2011, I think it was. Um, so they played the live a few times, but... I mean, the view is just not a song you're ever gonna wanna. You're never gonna. You're not gonna get very many cheers at Metallica show if they're gonna be like, we're gonna do the view. You know, it's not gonna happen. But I do. I do feel like I. I do agree with Steve. I do feel like I've done it a disservice in not actually doing a deep dive. Yeah. And I actually think I will now because I'm. I kind of want to know what I'm missing. I agree, and I'm, I'm gonna do it as well. Like I said, I kind of ha- um, after I read Steve's piece, I did go back to it and revisit it briefly. Where do we get uh, these plays from, then, Mel? The plays, well, if you let me quickly, quickly click on the link that I definitely don't have to hand right now. How many uh, do we need to read? We need to start the Metal Armour Book Club to read these plays. Oh, what a nice idea. Um, there are, there's, there's basically a whole, it's a series of plays. Isn't it? Oh no, it's two plays. Two plays. That's manageable. Uh, two plays called the Lulu Plays, as I said, by Frank Vidakindi, I might have mispronounced. Um, from the kind of uh, 1900s. Right. Let, I think we should do it. Well, no. All right. That's our homework. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna commit to this. Sorry. <laughs> I'm very busy at the moment. Why don't we just say in the like in the next six months? Okay. In the next it. six years, we will uh, <laughs> definitely sit down and read the Lulu plays. But it, but you know, I guess the point is that um, I think uh, Steve's piece is really worth a read, and I yeah, think it's so always I. worth rethinking any piece of art because you never know what you might get for it if you revisit it another time so and like I said there's some really good riffs on there I would love to hear Metallica utilise some of that kind of sound on a fully fledged Metallica album and anyway the next thing they did was Hardwired to Self Destruct which is an absolute killer of a record for the most part so fair bloody play to them Mm. you look pensive do you not agree no, I just zoned out for a second, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's your, it's your soothing voice. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm the Barry White of metal. Let's take some reader questions. Shall we? From uh, facebook.com forward slash metal hammer readers. I nearly screwed it, but I didn't. Well <laughs> done. Duncan Everson asks, I was just wondering if you had thought about doing a feature on Gary Newman. Yeah, we had a big, there's a big discussion about this on the metal hammer readers group. There is. Um... Gary Newman, uh, a kind of like industrial, I guess, since 80s legend. Yes. And we've had some requests to do a feature on Gary Newman on the, on, in Metal Hammer. Yeah. Thoughts? I really like his last record, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I listen to it. So it's called Savage, and it's got this song called My Name Is Ruin on it. And it's an awesome song. It's like a dark industrial goth song. And it's just, it's exactly the kind of thing I like. And I kind of overlooked it. I only actually listened to it probably about three months ago and just really enjoyed it and listened to the whole album and kind of went back through some of his back catalogue. And it's kind of one of those figures that I'm always aware of and know is good and has some really good material, but don't often stop and do a deep dive, you know, the same way as Lulu. And I just really like that record, Savage, and there's a period of two weeks where I just played it every day. And so I agree with Duncan that 
that's a very good record. Because mm. I think he kind of was saying, you know, he's done some really good recent stuff. It's not just some kind of dude from the past. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to hear what he's got to say in some, some fashion. And yeah, like I said, I didn't really give him enough time until a couple of months back. And then I went shopping in All Saints and heard him on the stereo, which is quite funny. Oh, really? But yeah, that was their well, music. That from the new album? Or? Yeah, the new record. They're oh, playing it in All Shout out whoever was running the stereo that day. I know, that's what I thought. Amazing. I felt a bit like a stereotype though, because I actually bought a black t shirt and Gary Newman was on, and I'm like, oh dear. That's all right. I'm, I mean, I'm fully in on that. I fancy We talked about Top Man doing metal t shirts, and I have to say, I, I know it's bad, but I'm fully in on all that stuff. It was a fancy black t shirt. really nice. I was, I was treating myself. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Perry. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I know very little about Gary Newman. Do, do you know a good album to start on him? No. I think I'm still exploring, really. But that last one, Savage, definitely. It just sounds really modern and really good. I need to get, I need to get on that. I, it, my my no, knowledgement of... Uh, knowledgement? I just made a word up. That was terrible. Yeah, I made one up here. Fucking hell, I'm going to go home and rip up my English degree for that. My knowledge of uh, Gary Newman is pretty limited to um, when he made the appearance on Cars with Beer Factory, which was just a straight up cover of his <laughs> yeah. own song. But so. no, I mean, like I said, I'm sort of, I'm sort of having to go back now and listen to things and educate myself on him. You know, maybe it's just that thing where he has he occupies a niche and he has fans there. Yeah. And maybe there isn't there aren't many many mainstream outlets or whatever or people really talking about him or maybe I just missed it all. So. Well, let us know uh, as always on the Metal Armor Readers. Uh, page facebook.com forward slash metal hammer readers if there are any other kind of slightly out of the ordinary artists you'd like us to cover um where it could be you know edgy hip-hop uh, artists like like industrial synth pop um yeah i think it's really interesting when people pitch this kind of stuff at us and it's definitely stuff we take on board so maybe maybe you'll see gary newman in the page of metal hammer one day um Michael Perry says, while I do like Code Orange, I don't quite understand the level of hyperbole around them. What bands have failed to live up to the hype for you guys? I've got one. Go on. Gallows. <laughs> There's going to be some angry punks listening to this right now. Gallows, really? Yeah. Go on then. I mean, yeah, they've got a live show, but just didn't connect with it. <laughs> that, yes, that band does have a live show. That's very <laughs> incisive uh, comment. Just, there. Do, I don't know, not for me. Um, shit. You, you saw them live and stuff though, right? Yeah, I've seen them live a few times. Oh, okay. And I was like, everyone's having a nice time. I'm a bit nonplussed. Oh, interesting. Um, that is a big one. The one that came to mind for me, uh, and I think this is slightly different because I love the band. I just feel like they've got nowhere near um, where they should have been given the hype they got, and that's King 810 which we've oh, kind of talked about quite a lot. I really like them. I like them. So far, to me, they've put out two wicked albums. Um, I think David Gunn's a really interesting character. I think all the tools are there. But, I, I mean, we, we went massive on them when they first broke a few years ago. And if you look at the other bands that have just kind of come through the door since, King 810, uh, 810, excuse me, still feel like they're a bit in the dust a little bit compared to everyone else. Yeah, I mean, they struggled, haven't they, with, like, member changes and things. Yeah, totally. It's not all on them at all, it's just... And it... I don't know, I mean, if if you go with the fact that they have this narrative of coming from a difficult place and flint and everything, then it kind of seems like they are going against the odds. But, yeah, I mean, every time they come over, there's something slightly wrong. Either they can't get here, or they've got to come over without one of their band members, or they have to cancel, so it always just seems a little bit like, you know... 
yeah like it's not ramping up enough and you mm. kind of but the albums are so good I love the records yeah they're amazing and, re- and way more mm. subversive and interesting and deep than people give them credit for I think a lot yeah. of idiots basically think they're just some kind of dumb dumb metal band from like post insane clown posse films or something but, but no, they're not about, that they talk about philosophy and social theory and all kinds of things actually yeah. when you dig down to it but it's got that awesome like and heaviness and that, that like really kind of what's that noise like they're just more down tune than down tune yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah, like a yeah. Rob Zombie song <laughs> yeah more down tune than down tune uh, yeah and like the last time had like jazz on it had blues like yeah. there's loads of stuff going on they're such a great band but um, you know I think we'll be the first to hold our hands up and say we hype the shit out of them because we were really excited about them and they've definitely not uh, not quite reached their potential yet but there's still time for them I think they're, they're doing stuff I've got another one go on the Gaslight Anthem oh yeah you hate those guys don't you <laughs> <laughs> hate them it was more like you know I was buying magazines and excuse me I like heavy music and suddenly people started hyping them up and putting them on magazine covers and all that kind of thing and I was like it's not heavy music it's just a band who kind of play some songs like I don't really know why you think I would like this I mean to me they're probably a bit too far into um, a side of the rock spectrum I don't dip into enough anyway but I don't really see where they come to be fit um, the weekly put, uh, put them on the cover didn't they without any without having ever covered them before and it was like a big deal yeah um, and yeah they're a funny one guys. I mean I think they're great I just think all their stuff sounds the same but I like it it's kind of like watered down Bruce Springsteen-y kind of working man blue collar kind of anthems and you know mixed up with a bit more of a modern uh, kind of light punky sound but I, I like it but um, and to be honest I can see why people really love them because they, they're like they're classic like oh I empathise with this because it's just about you know life and stuff and I get that but um, yeah you're talking, I about, you're talking about hype bands though to me that was just like it was all hyped up and I was like oh this is exciting and then heard them and I was like mm. yeah fair fair uh, one that just came to mind that everyone's banging on about at the moment, uh, Greta Van Fleet. I'm bored of them and I've barely taken time to listen to the album. I feel the same, stuff. I've heard so much about them now and I, I'm like, I'm just not really bothered. I mean, fair play to them. You know, if you feel, if you're in a position where you feel like you have to have some kind of take on a band because everyone's got a take on a band, you know that someone's done a great job in pushing this band out there and they must be doing something right to everyone talking about them. But to me, it feels like everyone's like, you have to eat they're either like the worst thing that's happened to music because they're ripping off Led Zeppelin and they're a disgrace and they're just also rans and they're getting away with murder because they're not original at all or they're revitalising rock and roll and they're bringing rock and roll in its true spirit back to the main stage and blah 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 and I just think it can just be somewhere in the middle like, I don't have an opinion right. about it they're, they're I literally okay. have no opinions about it I'm just I like, think it's alright like it, it's really Led Zeppelin-y and um I, I don't think it's particularly earnest, but that's fine. I listen to loads of bands that just rip off other bands, and that's nothing wrong with that. But you know yeah, it's all right, you know? It's anyone right. making something and creating something, you know, having said I don't like some of the bands that I feel were too high, it's like fair play, whatever, like, you know, go out and create something, go out and do something. People yeah, don't totally. like it, people don't like they it. They don't, like, they write more songs you know, than I am, so. Exactly. <laughs> and I think anyone who wants to go out and create something should just go and put it out there, and, you know, people can say what they like, can't they? But they're not the ones doing at the end of the day so absolutely freaking lootly well Paul Terry asks who's the best symphonic metal band of all time oh, I bet we agree on this the correct answer is within temptation that's the answer I also yeah, was going to give yeah that's what I'm talking about 
Um, I do really like Nightwish as well. I think they've done some amazing stuff. Uh, but to me, just purely based on uh, how good the songs are, and I think within Sensation, just like brilliant rock songs. Yeah. And a lot of it is under the symphonic metal banner for sure, like especially like early stuff like Mother Earth and Ice Queen and The Promise and Angels and all that stuff, which is great. To me, the best example of that genre. Um, but they've also they've also evolved constantly in a way I think a lot of other bands haven't as much. And uh, yeah, I just think they're brilliant. I think Sharon's awesome front woman and they're just cool as hell. And that's why we put them on the cover this year. I think they just write really good dark pop songs. It's actually quite hard to write a good pop song and they just yeah, do it definitely. over and over and over and over again. But that's it has on, that edge um, on it. Sinead off of The Unforgiven. If someone like Kelly Clarkson came out with a song like that, everyone would be losing their minds about it. But mm-hmm. because it's with Invitation, it's just a totally dem- different demographic. It didn't yeah. touch outside their own bubble really yeah. but yeah brilliant band really looking forward to that um, that gig at Brixton coming up as a part of their Me UK tour too. how much sponsored UK tour by the way how freaking yeah uh, who do you think the next big British metal, metal band is we're not allowed to count Bring Me The Horizon or Architects according to Michael Maggot Soldier Jolly that can't be your <laughs> name <laughs> that's not a tweet name either that was from the Facebook group I really hope someone's called Michael Maggot Soldier Jolly so, so, Mr and Mrs Soldier Jolly gave their <laughs> loving son Michael the middle name Maggot <laughs> so much sorry if that is a real name Uncle Merlin don't worry about it um, who is the next big British metal band I don't know I mean we just spoke about While She Sleeps and I think we've said in the past how it was a bit of a shame with them because a lot of had vocal problems and they sort of missed yeah. a bit of a window to kind of get a bit more traction but you know they're making up for it now and they've got great record coming out we think we've not heard it yet but song's great so you know that wasn't good, that wasn't show. a cover by the way really, no, no, we, we generally haven't heard it <laughs> just my stupid voice saying stupid things that's all right um i don't know who's the next biggest metal band i mean sleeps are, sleeps i think um post architects i think sleeps were the band everyone put their flag in like when This Is The Six came out everyone was like this is it this is the band they played some festival slots that had everyone going mental um, they did that tour where they had like Cross Faith and I think Bleed From Within supporting them what bill that was and uh, it was all really exciting everyone knows the rest of the story Brainwash kind of threw them off course because it took so long to come out I feel like you are we put them back on it again and to be honest if you told me two years ago that while she sleeps would even be headlining the roundhouse, I'd be, yeah. I'd be a bit cynical of that. Um, and so that's that's awesome. That's a big, that is a really significant. London, Cohen and Cambria just played there, you know, mm-hmm. like that's like big, uh, established bands play places like that. So they, they, yeah, hopefully they've got a chance. One that I think we all take for granted, including you and me, even though we really rate them, is Barry Tomorrow. I'm obsessed with that last record. Yeah, it's really good. It's great. Well, they, they, they just consistently put out great albums. I mean, the, the um, yeah, last album was great. Earthbound, I thought, was a, like, a classic modern metal album. Barry Tomorrow, yeah. I mean, Black Flame, like I was just saying. Um, I kind of stopped listening to it for a couple of months and then put it back on again, like, the weekend before last, and I've listened to it most nights since, and actually woke up this morning like singing the song in yeah. my head and stuff. They're just they're really good at writing. Uh, we're saying with, within Temptation, they're really good at writing sort of very hooky songs, and you know what you're going to get. They do metalcore and they do it really well. And if you like metalcore, they're your band. Definitely, definitely, I totally agree. And I think what I really, really have respect about them is that they've never been the band that anyone kind of brand or magazine or website or anybody has really kind of. Put, like put their flag behind you know what I mean like while she sleeps you know we did a special uh, limited edition cover run with them uh, hyped the shit out of them um, I think they were on their Hammer 
Hammer Razor tour once many years ago. We gave away their debut album and stuff. Uh, you know, Architects have been on our cover. They've been on various other covers around the rock industry. Um, Buried Tomorrow have never really been that band. They've never been the hype band. And yet, out of no, well, not out of no, out of really solidly just getting their heads down and just putting out great music and just working hard and building their craft. They, they've headlined the Forum in London, two yeah. tours running, yeah. which is a 2,000 capacity venue. Uh, you know, they got 36, 36 crazy for supporting them on this next one. That's like a, a hallmark metal band for our scene and they're, and they're supporting Bray Tomorrow. It's great. So you never know. You never know. I don't know what really constitutes big in today's world for metal, but yeah. I think they've got as good a shot as anyone have and I'd be really stoked for them if they did it. Me I really too. would. Um, this, you, oh sorry oh, yeah. no, go on go on you do it I was going to read the question <laughs> TJ Crazy Chemist asks that's TJ Crazy Chemist asks, <laughs> I was going to say that's just we're just going to let that go beside Ramstein and Manson sex toys what are the weirdest merchandise items a band has put out Ghost Butt Plug was a classic everything Kiss has done Kiss Caskets yeah that's always a classic as well I'm pretty sure I know a ton of bands have done them but I'm pretty sure Hammerfall did condoms years ago JLS did condoms. You just wouldn't risk it, would you? I mean, no. <laughs> like, I don't trust Unless it was like Durex approved. Just I would not, not trust band condoms. It just feels like, no. I don't know. I'm, like you said, I'm sure they're all fine and approved. And it like, just feels a bit wrong. What's on it? Does it mean you've got a member of JLS just like on your wang and you're just looking down at it <laughs> as they're about to like go to town? Like, like surely that's a boner killer, literally. Like, come on, man. I don't know. I don't think that the member's actually printed on there. It's just on the box, isn't it? You can get your favourite member. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What if they did, like, you'd have to pick your favourite member and you'd panic because you'd be like, oh, what if, what if the person I'm sleeping with like is judging me because I went with, don't know their names, Ricky instead of John. <laughs> it's also like a bit of a cuss. Don't know I'm stuck on JLS out of all the bands. A bit bags, of a cuss but... on your partner because you're like, oh, yeah, we'll just go and get some condoms. I'll get these ones featuring the guy that I fancy, <laughs> yeah. which isn't you, but I'm just going to pretend it's you. Orcs. Very orcs. Um, what else is that outside of sex stuff? I can't really... Oh, well, uh, well speaking of weird merch, I got sent a Nicolas Cage pin this week. That was pretty oh, that's cool. that's amazing. Um, new horror so movie, good. Mandy, which has uh, just come out on DVD. We talked to Nicolas Cage in the new issue of Metal Hammer, of course. You really should read that interview because it's nuts. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the guys that are promoting Mandy sent us a cool little pack and uh, it came with a Nicolas Cage enamel pin. It's so, that so, was pretty cool. so good. It's literally just his bloodied face. Yeah, but the expression <laughs> on his face is brilliant. It's just such a, a great pin. So, it's so really good. good. So, I mean, promotional stuff always comes up with great, st- uh, with great ideas for merch. Uh, I have to say, our, our sister magazine, Total Film, who we share an, an office with, they seem to always be getting like the most ridiculous cakes and they got a Meg they got like several giant cuddly toy Megs oh yeah like a Meg and for really, the shark movie I really wanted to take one home was it like a sleeping bag yeah but they were literally like the size of a sofa and I wanted to take one home really really badly and they had some spares and in the end I didn't end up doing it because it would literally take up half my flat but yeah, I'm really yeah, sad yeah, about yeah. it now because <laughs> they were so good love it I love yeah. it I mean we've done some ridiculous stuff on Metal Hammer we've done like uh, cardboard cut out um, baby metal masks box what about masks. Papa? Or the pop-up Papa? oh yeah we did a pop-up sorry I thought yeah we've done a few ghost things yeah we yeah. did a, we did a, a, a papal hat what do, what do you actually call that? pop-up Papa oh the papal, papal hat papal hat mm. uh, I can't remember it's on there's in my tongue but the big oh. the big Papa hat we did one of them uh, yeah as also a meter a, a meter yes <laughs> we did a meter once we did a pop-up Papa uh, a few years ago that was good fun you could put a little candle behind him and I know you know. burn him <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in your house. Oh, no! Pyro. He'd send his ghouls out to get me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big fan. 
I mean, cassette tapes are kind of a weird merch item now because who, yeah. who can play those? Like, really? Know. Unless you got a car from 1989. <laughs> like, I like the Mastodon bikini. Astodon? Yeah, it had Astodon on the bum. Yeah, that was a good one. Quite Always fancy one of like those. Um, I just love, to be honest, they're not weird in of, in of themselves, but enamel pins, I love them. More bands, please do enamel pins because I'll buy them all. That's a request. So, There's uh, just something about them, isn't there, that just, just makes them cool. Freaking badass. We should do some Metal Hammer ones. Yeah. Let's do some Metal Hammer dildos. No one would buy them. <laughs> <laughs> that is all for this week. <laughs> We're going to Slayer this weekend. That's going to be big. Yeah. Slayer's, uh, well, I'm pretty damn sure their last ever London show, um, last ever full UK tour. I, I've, I believe, no reason to know why they, they'll do another UK tour again. Uh, it's going to be huge. Very excited about that. Lamb of God supporting as well alongside Anthrax and Obituary. We will be reviewing that right on this podcast next week. Don't forget to pick up uh, your Rob Zombie bundle if you haven't yet. You get the magazine with an exclusive cover and an exclusive art print commissioned by Rob Zombie himself. The issue itself is still out in the shops. And send us your Slayer horns. You've got about a week left to do it. You could be on the cover of Metal Hammer with us, idiots. Horns up for Slayer. Horns up horns for Slayer. Up for Slayer. Hashtag horns Slayer horns. Up for Slayer. Don't confuse them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Slayer horns. Slayer horns. Rate us on iTunes and Acast. And uh, don't forget, if you want a different way to listen to us, we're now on Spotify as well. How cool Slayer is horns. That? Slayer horns. Hashtag Slayer horns. Hashtag Slayer horns. See you next week. Hashtag Slayer horns. Slayer horns. <laughs> <laughs>